Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to episode two of my 2019 tax season podcast for ENI Financial. And thank you so much for listening to us. We love your support. Um, today, we're going to be talking about a couple of topics, but the most important one, I just want to jump right into it, is how the IRS officially announced yesterday that they're opening January 27th for business. So, what does this mean? That means that everybody that's filing right now can expect their returns to be e-filed that day as the gates open, basically. And that's when they start accepting e-file. Right now, currently, people that are self-employed are the ones that are filing taxes right now from now until the 27th or to the 31st, I would say. Because by law, um, businesses have up until January 31st to give their employees copies of their w-2s after that you can make claim against them and tell them you know give me my w-2 it's been taking too long and so on and so forth so from this period now until the 31st is mostly self-employment but some people are starting to get w-2s and w-2 people with w-2s can start so back to self-employment what do i what does a person need in order to file for self-employment well if you're working and you have a dependence You can file self-employment and you will need a copy of your birth certificates, birth certificates for all your dependents, copies of your social security cards and all your dependents' social security cards, Um, ID, copy of your ID, and make sure your ID is not expired. Um, You need to show proof of your income. So what type of job do you do? Are you a babysitter? Are you a hairdresser? Do you um, sell T-shirts? Do you vend items on the street? Whatever it is you do, you have to have proof that you did it. So do you keep a notebook with um, a log of all the monies that you um, uh, recorded and collected during the tax year of 2019? Do you keep your log on the computer like in a spreadsheet? Um, Do you have a bank account that you put your money in? when you collect your money for for things that you sold or jobs that you've completed. Um, If it's a bank account, if that's the answer, then you would need to bring a copy of your bank statement so we can prove the flow of money that's coming through or a spreadsheet from printed out from your computer or a notebook showing or a logbook of some sort showing how you recorded the money that you collected for 2019. Receipts. Receipts are good, proving that you have um, an income um, expense account. So if you have a hairdresser, you went to the hair store to buy weaves or sew-ins or color or dye or um, brushes, combs, whatever it is, always just have kept your receipts during the year. And I tell all my clients the same thing. Keep an envelope, put all your receipts in there, and then at the end of the year, you just collect everything. Um as far as claiming the children that you're going to claim for self-employment that you're going to put under you as dependents, you need to have all their documents such as birth certificate, social security cards, and you need a school letter. If you don't have a school letter, a doctor's note. Note from the doctor stating that where he lives and that he comes to this doctor. So proof of residency and proof that that child is tied to you. Um, most of the time, it's going to be um, a son-daughter is going to be the easiest relationship to prove. But there are times where an aunt or an uncle is taking care of their child or a godmother or a step parent. So that does exist. So school letters and doctor notes. 
are very important. You cannot file your taxes without any of these documents because they're putting on very serious fines of over $500 for the tax client and for the tax preparer. And um, in case I had a couple of questions come across my desk for people that don't have a job, they just collect Social Security or disability or they have um, uh, unemployment or whatever it is that they don't work and maybe they're on welfare benefits or they get food stamps, can they file taxes? There's no such thing as Social Security people filing taxes. What it is is that people are entitled to two things. And we'll talk about the first one I want to talk about is real property tax credit. So if a person is making less than $18,000 and they've lived in the apartment for six months or more, you can claim something called a real property tax credit. Now, most people make less than $18,000 and some people make more, but if you make less than 18, you can claim that. Now, if you're less than 65 years old, you'll get $75 just for living in an apartment that you pay no more than $450 a month for. So this would apply to a lot of people that are on Section 8 or that live in housing that they only pay $100, $200, $300, $400 a month as far as rent is concerned. Maybe they have a little job and they make less than $18,000. If you're less than 65 years old, you'll get $75. If you're older than 65 years old or if you have one person at least living in your household that's older than 65, you can get up to $375 for real property tax credit. Combine that with something else called school tax credit, which is basically entitled to everybody that lives in a school zone. Now, everybody lives in a school zone. All school zones are Brooklyn, Bronx, Queens, Staten Island. Um, these are all Manhattan. These are all have school zones. So if you make $250,000 or less and you um, want to file for a school tax credit, you can get $63. If you're married filing jointly and you make $250 less, you'll get up to $125 for that school tax credit. So let's say the average person who is less than 65, who makes less than $18,000 a year, nobody else can claim you as a dependent on their tax return. You've been living in your apartment for more than six months. You can get $75 for your real property tax credit and you can get $63 for your school tax credit. And that gives you a total of $138 minimum that you can achieve by just filing that. So yes, everybody can file taxes. And then I had one last question that I just want to bring up in my podcast. It was a short one this this episode too. Um, But everybody's asking me, a lot of like interesting questions about, um, can I file, do I have to file taxes? I got a W-2. Now the IRS is asking every single person that has a W-2 if, if, if they would like earn, even earn $5, they want you to file it. And necessarily, not necessarily so that you owe them anything, but mainly just to get into the habit of filing your taxes. You will not receive anything for just making $5. It's all based on how much taxes were taken out of your paycheck. And remember, I tell everybody when they're working, go to your HR department, set your dependents on your your W-4 form to zero. Because when you set it to zero, you'll have the most amount of taxes taken out of that paycheck. And you'll pay, you'll, you'll get, you'll benefit by the end of the year. You'll get back a nice um, refund from the IRS. So last question that I'm getting right now is um, when will I get my refund 
if I file my taxes? Well, that depends. If you're self-employed, you'll be the first one to file, but you'll be the last one out. So this is how it works. Self-employment files first, and their refunds come after Valentine's Day. People that have W-2s file right around now to the end of the month and also in February, and they just count um, up to 21 days. So basically, I say the first refund should be hitting everybody if they file now around um, the 14th Valentine's Day or the day after and in that week. Um, please come see us at ENI Financial. Give us a call if you have any questions. Once again, till the end of the month, um, until the first week of February, we're offering advanced loans. I can um, let you know if you're approved within 24 to 48 hours. Um, we're offering up to $6,000 if you're approved. And everybody have a great day. Hello, everybody. Um, I want to talk to you today about tax tips for survivors of domestic violence. Um, very important topic. And I I wanted to talk to you because now is tax time. And I meet a lot of women in domestic violence shelters and in the neighborhood that aren't aware that they can file taxes. And um, I just wanted to draw some light on it. Um, we already know that leaving an abusive partner can be a very difficult decision that someone has to make in their life especially when they have to face the financial insecurity and the economic issues that come across of it. And fortunately, um, people that go through domestic violence can know that they can safely file their taxes and they can take the steps towards financial independence with the proper support. So I just picked out four things to know about this tax time. Um, number one is file a tax return even if you don't have a filing requirement. Um, Filing a tax return is important to help financial stability. If you even earn less than the income amount required to file, you can benefit by filing and receiving a tax fund if you qualify for the earned income tax credit. Um, if you're married to an abusive partner and you haven't separated from them, then you have to file married filing separately. But if you've fled, gone to a DV shelter and, and legally separated from your partner, you can file for head of household if that child is in custody with you. Um, it's something that a lot of women don't understand and know, but the main point of this is that you must have been legally separated. Once the divorce goes into play, once the legal separation goes into play, and you've been apart from this person for more than six months, you're considered legally separated, and then it takes about a year for the divorce to go through. But you can file head of household then if that child is with you and you have residency letters from the shelter that you're in proving such. Um, second point, check if your state has an address confidentiality program. If you're concerned that your abuser can find you through the address on your tax return, there are certain ways that you can make sure you're safe. You could apply for an address confidentiality program, which will allow you to establish an alternate mailing address, usually a post office box. And there's other privacy safeguards that you can use to protect your tax return and public documents. Um, third point, find out if you're eligible for special tax relief. There's a lot of partnerships that I see that are abusive that have some degree 
of financial control. So you may have signed a joint tax return without fully knowing and understanding its content or your former um, spouse slash abuser might have forged your um, signature um, on prior tax years and not actually given you any of that refund. And you're entitled to um, just as much as that person has received. Um, different forms of tax relief are available if you have tax-related concerns that involves an abusive spouse or former spouse. There's called innocent spouse relief, which will reduce or eliminate a spouse's liability on a joint return. Injured spouse relief, which releases a spouse from liability from certain past due tax debts that are attributable to, to the other spouse. And separation of liability, which divides your tax liability based on your ability to pay for spouses who are legally separated or no longer married. There's another um, tax-related concern called equitable relief. That divides your tax liability based on your AGI, your adjusted gross income of each spouse. But it does not clear either spouse of the total liability, but it divides it. And then the last is reasonable cause relief, which provides clearance from the obligation to file a tax return or pay penalties if you can prove why you're unable to do so at a certain time. Not everyone is eligible for these forms of relief, but come see me or another tax advisor. In most cases, you will need documents from previous years. But if these aren't readily available, applying for tax relief may be an involved and lengthy process, and I'm here to help. Um, that's the last step, get help. Um, there's a lot of places that will offer you help and charge you a lot of money, but I work with um, people in DV shelters all the time. So come see me, come call ENI. If you're eligible um, for any of this domestic violence related matters, um, we can work with you and, and help you get financially ahead. Great, have a great day.